Holy Spirit, I just ask uh, for your great peace and your great joy and your great revelation to be expressed. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your peace. Open our hearts and our ears. All right. Um, so mine is on overcoming, but it's also on the names. So I started off with the names, but it really is about overcoming. So um, I'm going to start. I love this, but I'm going to skip over that. I'm going to start with this. All right. The Jesus. Jesus's name, I think, is where it starts because that's how we overcome. So I'm, it's always hard to begin. So I'm going to go to the beginning. And I'm going to try not to bore you too much, but this is fascinating. Okay, Jesus. Jesus is actually a Latin translation from Greek, Isus, to Latin, Jesus. But the Hebrew translation of Jesus is Yeshua. And Yeshua means in Hebrew, Yahweh saves or Yahweh is salvation. If you go back to Genesis chapter 49, I wait for your salvation, O Lord. Salvation, the word salvation in Hebrew is Yeshua. The Hebrew word for salvation in the Old Testament is Yeshua. And when I saw this, it blew my mind because Jesus is not just New Testament. He is in his name. Yeshua is in Genesis. It's amazing. And I love that God is so intentional, uh, intentional on everything that he does. There's no coincidence. He did this. He did this all by plan. But um. I can't see the very top of my screen. Oops. Um, darn. Okay. Great grace. Great grace. You can move that little box down. There is, well, there's something under the ribbon, but it is uh, that um, the Greek word for saved. Um, I wait for your salvation or Matthew um, 121. He will save the people from their sins to be saved we all want to be saved that is what overcoming is but to be saved is to be healed delivered and to be made whole that word saved in greek is sozo and god is revealing the problem is that his people are in covenant with him but they're still broken and they're still not whole there's still um there's still a separation of God's people with him because sin ushered in the brokenness and caused the separation between man and God. God's intention is for us to be healed, delivered, and to be made whole. His plan is full salvation and his means is Jesus. Oh dear. Okay, so um, the book of Revelation has 36 names and titles of Jesus. And I think the names and titles are very important. And he is, he is revealing his identity to the church. And he is inviting us to experience him as he, his name represents him. 
in each one. He is the faithful witness. He is the amen. He is Lord. He is the lamb. He is the lion. He is the faithful and true witness. He is the um, one who searches the mind and the heart. Now, the, um, he's also our kinsman redeemer, and I thought that the book of Ruth does a beautiful job of illustrating what that looks like, because to Naomi represents the people of Israel, but Ruth represents his church, and Naomi, um, Boaz is the kinsman redeemer, and he restores Naomi back to her inheritance that would have been lost if it was not for Boaz. But for Ruth, he invites her into his home. He shares everything he has with her, and they enter into the marriage covenant. And they share an intimacy that's not available in any other relationship outside of husband and wife. And that is what he invites us into as um, the New, as New Testament believers. And they also partake in producing the never-ending kingdom. Now, many times in scripture, God reveals the problem within man, and then he reveals the remedy, and the remedy is always him. In the Old Testament, they, he had uh, the people build the exact replica of what was in he heaven, the tabernacle, and in the tabernacle, there was the altar, the brazen labor, the holy place for the priest to encounter the seven spirits, the bread, and the uh, incense, the, and then there was the most holy place with the mercy seat and the Ark of the Covenant. God is demonstrating what is necessary to partake of his kingdom and the New Testament. He shows us how Jesus becomes each one of those things for us. He is the place where we bring our sacrifice. He is the reason for our sacrifice. He is the brazen labor that cleanses us. He's the bread of life. He is the altar of incense. He intercedes for us day and night. We stay in constant communion with him. He is the one who holds the seven spirits of God. He is the mercy seat. He is the new covenant. And God's magnificent wisdom, Jesus, he gave us Jesus. And he, in these things, he became everything that we needed to have perfect union with him. And as we move closer to Jesus, we move through the tabernacle and we encounter each place with greater awareness and revelation of God. We start at the altar and we move with the Holy Spirit and we tell we come to the most holy place, which is the face to face with God. Now, there's a gap from the promises and the manifestation of our wholeness, and we overcome the gap, which is what I call it, with the greatest commandment. To hear, O Israel, to love the Lord your God, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the command is to hear, which means to listen, to understand, to yield, and to obey. It's shema. Jesus is commanding us to take him at his word and to apply his word to every part of our lives and to ourselves. We have been justified by Jesus Christ alone. Oh, dear. We have redemption through his blood, but Paul tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We are a new creation because we have the spirit of God living inside of us. Our hearts are for the Lord and they love his words, but we're still, our flesh is still worldly. 
How then do we transfer from death to life and through our mind, soul, and will? How do we overcome? And he tells us, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only is in my presence, but much more in my absence to work all your own salvation and fear and trembling. And our, he gives us a new heart. I love this translation in the New Living Testament translation. It says, I will give you a new heart. I will put my spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. The heart is on track because that's a spiritual matter, and God gave us a new heart with his spirit. Now all we have to do is get our mind and soul and strength in alignment. And we do that by taking every thought captive. To take every thought captive, it's a conscious intention of becoming aware. It's not running on autopilot, which is what we really tend to do in our subconscious and uh, our conscious thinking. And we challenge every emotion, every thought, and every action. And we line it up comparing it to and measuring it against the word of God. Our subconscious is filled with memories, with hurts, with rejection, disappointments, loss, and frustrations, and the desires of our flesh, which are some that are inherited from our fathers, and it's our iniquity. But the desires of our flesh are hungry for the promises of God, but they naturally go in the direction of the fallen man to find them. This is the part of us that still needs to be pulled out of darkness and into light and pass from death into life. Or we spend all of our days going around the mountain like the Israelites. The iniquity of Adam is in every one of us. It's in our DNA from birth. But also the DNA of Jesus Christ is in us because we have his spirit in our hearts and we are a new creation. Our transformation takes place at the cross. It's the crushing and the pressing of the grapes that produce the oil. It's the refiner's fire that brings about purity. And it's the crucifying of the flesh that brings us into full salvation of life and rulership. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules, but it's a matter of peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. And we're just like the children of Israel trying to occupy the promised land. Our promised land is in the God's rest, but just like the Israelites, we have to remove the inhabitants of the land. And Joshua is our ex example. His battle was in the natural with the surrounding nations. Our battle is in the spirit and our enemies are unseen in their fear, doubt, anxiety, and hopelessness. We can still follow the example of Joshua. Um, uh, Joshua, they, he met with Jesus, and Jesus gave him the instructions to take down Jericho. And they may have seemed silly at their simplicity. They had to march around the city for seven days. For six days, they had to release no sound except for the sound of the shavar. And I'm sure it was challenging. They could have been filled with fear. They could have felt silly. But regardless, they were obedient. They trusted the word of the Lord, and they followed it. And Joshua received the authority to take the promised land because he spent time with him on the mountain and he received the word of the Lord. Joshua met the commander of the Lord's army before the battle and Joshua knew him. He knew him as the amen. He knew him as faithful. He knew him as true and he knew him as Lord and the commander of the Lord's army. There are times when we stay silent and we move forward. And there's times when we stand still and we shout. 
And on the seventh day, everyone shouted and the walls of Jericho came falling down. And God is speaking to us as his children. But if we don't have a strategy or a word from the Lord, then we go back to his word because it's filled with his instructions for his children. Um, if you're in a battle and you don't have a strategy, then you stand still and you declare and you give your testimony, which is your greatest weapon for victory. Remembering what the Lord has already done and praising him for it creates a spiritual platform for God to do it again. Prophecy is repeated patterns. It's not prediction and fulfillment. And if he's done it once, he'll do it again because that is who he is. The spoken word has undeniable power. Life was created through the spoken word of God. And when you speak the word over yourself, it's through the Holy Spirit inside you. It's um, the Holy Spirit is commanding your flesh to get into alignment. Declare the things that he has done and declare the things as though they have been done and believe that he is faithful to do it again. It's much easier to receive um, for the heart to receive the instructions of the Lord than our minds. Our mind has a memory, and our mind, I call them the BFF to the soul. They're the gangbusters of the kingdom of God, until only until they're restored and transformed and fully saved. Your heart is ready and will lead you because your heart holds the spirit of God. But your mind and your soul need to be led by the spirit. And we have to learn to walk in the spirit, and we have to, as we learn to walk in the natural and the first step is to practice taking every thought captive and bringing it into the obedience of the word of God. This is the battle of your will and your strength, and your sword is his word. The who, the what's, the when's, the why, the where's, they are important. When the natural man makes an appearance, start asking questions. You're not talking to yourself. You're talking to the Holy Spirit inside you. And you ask Holy Spirit where the hurt is coming from. You ask the Holy Spirit why this bothers you so much. You ask the Holy Spirit how he wants you to respond. And once the truth is revealed, you ask the Holy Spirit for his strength and his grace to flow through you. And ask the Holy Spirit for his love to heal and to transform you. You may feel like the Israelites taking down Jericho, silly at the simplicity. But this is the process for tearing down strongholds and the enemy's walls so the kingdom of God can fill the temple. This is the natural man laying down what is natural and surrendering to the ways of the spirit. It's okay when your heart and your mind are not in agreement. That's when you lean into and you give it the authority and the one you lean into is the one that you empower. This is the time to exercise every ounce of sheer will and strength and to pick up your cross and to follow him. Eventually, the awkwardness dies along with the flesh and the spirit remains, which is life. This is the supernatural that takes ground and we naturally live and move with the spirit. It's repentance, it's humility, and it's sacrifice. That's all that's needed to walk in his ways and to walk with him. Paying close attention to our thoughts is half the battle. It's our subconscious is replaying situations over and over in the space of our minds. And they're often uh, the memories of where we felt wrong. We have to stop feeding on the dead things of the past and let the words of God usher in new hope and new life. 
Train your mind to focus on the things that are praiseworthy and things of life. Stop resurrecting the dead things, the wrongs of the past, and constantly remind your soul that you are the dwelling place of God. The word of God is true. Jesus alone is faithful and true, and God alone is good. The next time your mind and soul want to lead you away from the kingdom of God, call on the name of Jesus. Yeshua, salvation is his name. There's a super, a spiritual battle all around us, but there's also a very real battle within us as our natural man surrenders to our spirit man. His name alone is the roadmap to salvation. It begins with him and it ends with him. And as I behold him, I will be transformed into his image. And as we're transformed into his image, we will release the words of life and be filled with the living water that overflows to everyone around us. And the, um, this is Second Corinthians out of the Passion Translation. Well, I just, I can't see my screen. We all, um, oh dear, we all can draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces and with no veil we become mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very presence, which moves from one bright level of glory to another at this glorious transfiguration comes from the spirit. Jesus talked about the two kingdoms, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of heaven wants to restore our soul and the kingdom of the world is trying to destroy it. The kingdom of heaven wants to bring us closer to him. The kingdom of the world will always lead us away from him. We are first born into the kingdom of the world and it feels natural, but we are also born again and we're given a new spirit and we have been given complete access to the kingdom of heaven with him. The invitation is to access that place now with him and to learn to abide in it with him. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives into death. Every story from Genesis to Revelation illustrates and emphasizes the goodness, faithfulness, and lovingness of God. He is our heavenly father. He is our provider, our protector, our redeemer, and our savior. He is faithful and he is trustworthy. He is all that he says he is. He is the great I am. It's the revelation of who he is. It's the application of his word and it's complete trust in him that brings us into the fullness of our salvation. Revelation of Jesus as the I am is key to experiencing him. Jesus overcame and he calls each one of us to do the same. It's the blood of Jesus that redeemed them. It was their individual testimony of what he had done that empowered them and it was their willingness to go through death that brought them to victory some will be martyred which is the supreme display of the overcomer others will learn to surrender to their flesh surrender to the death of their flesh for their full transformation and full salvation it's our testimony of his goodness and our willingness to die to self that transforms us into his image we are justified and redeemed by the works of Jesus Christ on the cross. It is by his blood alone. And over and over again, he illustrates his victories. He has never lost a battle. Trusting in him to do it again is, and our lives is key. Following him in the way of his past victories is the same path that will bring us into ours. 
that will lead us to be the overcomers he calls us to be. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, not in the sense of prediction and fulfillment, but in the application of repeated patterns. And personal revelation of him is the catalyst for our faith to move mountains and transform dead things, dead to life. And these are the names, I, I, they're the names of um, God. There's a hundred names and opportunities to experience him. And not just the New Testament, but in the Old Testament. And also to know what he says about us. Because we are, we are blessed. We are forgiven. We are healed and saved and called and justified. We are a new creation led by the spirit. We are more than conquerors. We are dead to sin. We are redeemed, anointed, holy, created in his image. We are created to reflect his glory. We are called by God. We are children of God. We are overcomers and we are the dwelling place of God. This is the word that he speaks over us. And this is how he sees us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And I really ran through that. That's it. Pray for us, please, ma'am. Holy Spirit, Jesus. Father God, I just pray that we would have personal revelation of you, that we would walk and receive every invitation and walk through every open door. We are so thankful for everything that you did for us, that you have brought us into full access of your kingdom, of your glory, and you're calling us higher. Thank you for your great grace and your great power that leads us. Help us to renew our minds every day. And I pray that you would just reveal us, reveal yourself to us in a new way. Amen.